Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on this episode of Music at the Bed of Life. Today we've got an amazing individual in the studio and I just want to say I respect him so much. He's done incredible things even though he won't admit to them being incredible. But uh, they are, and one of the things that's pretty amazing is the fact that today, to this age, he's been so disciplined in how he takes care of himself that it's just beyond me, the discipline it takes to do this. Uh, I wish I had my overheads of, of him flipping a ginormous tractor trailer that I could show you one of these days, but... Aside from that, uh, outside of being a military personnel, I don't know, his discipline is just amazing. He's an up-and-coming digital creator. He's, and I, I say up-and-coming, he says up-and-coming. I think he's arrived because he's got so much out there already. It's, it's pretty amazing. He's on YouTube. He's done commercials. He's, he's doing national commercials for puma and the arizona lottery so you've probably seen this young man before uh he also sings he does poetry and he's in the house how you doing this uh fine morning vincent life is good sir thank you for having me this is a tremendous honor oh this is my honor believe me (laughs) definitely a pleasure uh we've gotten to know each other from a very interesting perspective right. uh, in a way that you would never think we probably would have come together like we have. Yes. Yes. And Especially for as long as it sustained itself. Exactly. Yes. That's just it. And that just speaks to the type of individual you are because um, I, I like good people. And as well. Yes. We had an, an, an instant connection. Yeah, we've clicked. We've clicked on so many different things, the shoots and just all these other projects. So this is just one more. It's par for the course. And uh, your setup here is amazing. Well, I appreciate that. I, I know you mentioned this, the, the photography. That's kind of how we met. I put a, an ad out. I found this abandoned church mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say abandoned, it, it was kind of just in con- midway construction or or tear down. I don't know what they were doing, but it wasn't being used anymore. And I thought it was so cool. Like this is worth doing a photo shoot in. So I put, I put the word out there. I don't even know how you found me, but was it Craigslist? Could have been. I I think I I may have been trolling Craigslist a lot for gigs back then. (laughs) Yeah. And then I found you and it was like, um, first of all, the look was incredible. Thank you. And then, and then just the willingness to work on whatever I had asked you to do. That was such a fun shoot. And it was, your your vision was perfect for using that place. And then you had me doing things in, in a wardrobe that I wasn't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. And so it really helped kind of push, you know, to see what was possible outside of, uh, uh, when you mentioned the physical part, it's very easy to get cast into just tank tops or no shirts or things like that. But here we are with some style, some flair. So mm-hmm. those pictures uh, still resonate with me today. Cool. Yeah. Construction worker on a ladder. Yeah. Didn't yeah. see that coming, <laughs> did you? <laughs> but i tell you what else was cool was when uh, after, I think you were like the first or second of the day. And then you didn't just come in, do your thing and leave. You hung out uh, again because you were enjoying yourself, apparently. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. And then uh, you just asked me, could you hang out? And and because you did that, that spawned some ideas in me that when we did the shoot where you were reaching for the model. Yes. As if she's in reach, but I can't have her kind (laughs) of deal. uh, Spawned some of those ideas. And so because you hung around, that came out. So, you know, that was kind of you and me both on that on right. that, on that uh, shoot. And I really appreciated that. And that's why I think we clicked instantly, because you were willing to do whatever needed to be done for the art. Uh, yeah, um, I've, I've always worked, not in a talent sense. And so anytime I'm on set, I, I gravitate more to like the grips and the people behind the cameras, things like that. And mm-hmm. so... You were behind the camera, even though you were running all these things. But um, 
your levels of approachability for running all those things was very, very calming because I was new at the time. And so it really helped just give one of those senses like I want to be around this guy and see what he's, you know, what he's doing. So it really helped me see a creative lens uh, that I had never seen through Mm -hmm. Um, and through people who look like me, I had never seen through. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was it was really one of those things, it was a pleasure to stick around. And I was just glad I didn't get kicked off because a lot of times I know people will, it's a business. And so yeah. you show up, you work and you leave. And I've never been that way. I always want to, I, I want to immerse myself in that and enjoy the people and the experience um, wholly. So yeah, be a sponge. Yep, absolutely. Uh, now, so this this podcast is called Music's the Bed of Life, and all we've talked about is photography so far. So right. I'm sure people are like, uh, get on with it. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so let's go back to uh, the title, Music the Bed of Life. What is your very, very first recollection of music being around and that it existed? Not that you necessarily noticed it, but 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 it was there. In some sense, um, I think it goes back to Johnny Cash. And when I was very small, um, we moved from Tennessee to Michigan. And that trip, as I was told, we listened to Johnny Cash in the car. Now, the first recollections that I was very aware of in the house that we grew up in, my dad was big with, um, with classical. So those things, that, that music is really kind of what set the foundation for how I hear music mm-hmm. and wh- how I appreciate music. And then I have older siblings, so they were into their pop things at the time. So there was Prince, Elton John, my brother was Billy Joel, like rock bands, things like that. So I grew up very diverse mm-hmm. as far as music goes. Uh, so when you say bed of life, I see so many civilizations spawn from just this one thing that pulls everybody together, which is the music itself. Right, right. So what did you do about that when it came to realizing, hey, music? Did you ever actively listen to music or did it just, you know, encompass your life from your siblings and your dad and I still have their records. There's some records of <laughs> that my sister, I have her Captain Fantastic album, uh, the old Elton John. I, I still have some old records, and I listen to them a lot. Uh, my dad had the record player and things like that, and so I would listen to all sorts of things in there. And then as I got to be about an age where I was finding my own identity in music and then I would bring my records and play them so of course that didn't last long I'd have to play my own records when nobody else was around right (laughs) because the record players we all know it's sacred yeah and so you know you treat it a certain way and so I would listen to everything um uh, my dad had the pearly soundtrack as well nice do you remember yes oh yeah yeah so um that that. that green cover and that yeah it's just iconic And so once I started hearing things in all of these different ways, I, I was just pilfering off of all of these other styles mm-hmm. um, or genres, I should say. And with my brother uh, being at ASU and he was uh, performing in the operas, I was introduced to opera at a very young age as well. Hmm. So what year was that that he was in? Oh. Or, or what year? How old were you? I was about 10. I was between about 7 to 10. And so that shaped it as well. And so it became a bragging point. At the time, it didn't seem very cool because, you know, it's like opera and your friends are all listening to other things. Now, you said ASU, though, right? Yes. So it was lyric opera, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was English uh, words. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, We did uh, Rogers and Hammerstein, Gilbert and Sullivan. There were productions like that, Pirates of Penzance, Mm -hmm. uh, Man of La Mancha, things like that. And you saw all this at 10 years old? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, And I fought it because I just didn't (laughs) want to go. You know, you want to stay home and watch TV or do whatever. But I'm so grateful 
that I got to be part of that. And that was an experience that you just can't, uh, you can't put a, a dollar sign to it. You can't qualify to anything other than just the experience. So my dad was the uh, church choir director. So when I was young, I was introduced to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and my earliest performance singing was one of the wise men in the church play of uh, We Three Kings. Mm-hmm. And so I remember getting up and singing my little part and <laughs> going and sitting down. But Did you enjoy that or was that just kind of forced on you? I think it was more forced on me. <laughs> but when I look back, again, it's one of those things that your parents do so much for you that it's in your best interest mm-hmm. and it, it helps you grow in ways that you can't see yet. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like, you know, if you're a seed, like, why are you throwing dirt on me? Now you're putting all this water on me and it's bright out here. <laughs> but when you're finally a tree, you appreciate what all that meant. Strong roots. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So you uh, sing uh, and that's kind of mostly what I know of your music. Do you play anything else? No. No, it's one of those things. It's never too late. So I do want to start learning at least keyboard. I want to learn to read music. But this is why I differentiate between I call myself a recording artist because Mm -hmm. there's a huge respect watching my dad. He played like a concert pianist and my brother can play multiple instruments. My sister played flute and piano. My other sister played guitar. I've got siblings that are super talented with music, and so I've always appreciated their musicianship. Mm -hmm. So I consider myself a recording artist. I can write some ideas out. I will go into the studio. Um, uh, my, My brother, I call my brother Ryan, he'll sit and listen and then he corrects me on some things and then we make it a true collaboration. Mm-hmm. So if I have some ideas, I've gone on with some country western sort of ideas and he's like, "Okay, we need to scratch this 70s hee-haw sounding stuff." And he turns it into something that's a little slower, darker, but it still has a feel to it. Um and that's where like things like Long Gone came from. Mm-hmm. Um, those were his ideas as far as the music. Well, since you mentioned it, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's listen to a little bit of that since you uh, brought it up. We've done the dishes. Cook the meals. I raise the babies. Love that gives me the chills. And what I do, I do it for you and you. I do it for us and them, oh yes. But then again. I'm already long gone The wind still whispers my name Like an old familiar remedy of how to cure all the pain I'm already long gone But my feet, they just won't move I'm already long gone Nothing left to prove. So, there is a lot in that first verse. I need some explanation because it seems like that is pretty specific to something. Yeah, that was, uh, boy, it's, you know, DMX, the late DMX, he he said on a uh, podcast one time, or it was a broadcast uh that you should write your pain. Mm-hmm. And that was exactly what that was. That was that was my foresight to splitting with my ex, uh, my daughter's mom. So the point was, you know, that I can already see that I'm that there's a long gone aspect to this. Mm-hmm. And so um when I talk about um, you know, raise the babies, things like that, just a little like for um uh, like the backstory is she was military. And what we 
agreed to do was that she was going to pursue her career and but our daughters needed a place to be grounded and so mm-hmm. that's what the you know that's what we did and we stayed together but there's a point where you're just apart so much and then when you're together you kind of realize we don't know each other that well there was never um a terrible ending or anything else it was just it was hurt you mm-hmm. know and so there's about three or four songs in this two-year span as we went through family court we went through you know all of these things and i'm looking for houses and all these things so i'm writing and i'm just writing out of my i'm writing out of my mind Mm -hmm. i'm writing things that have nothing to do with anything that you've seen me write before and since Mm -hmm. there's just a window there's this small time frame that just caps captured everything that I was thinking, feeling, and going through. And I'm so grateful that I have a pen, you know, right. and that, that yeah. you have that because you have to have, uh, when, when we talk about having multiple streams of income, I believe we need to have multiple streams of expression. Right. And so whether it's music, whether it's knitting, whether it's exercise, any of those things, we got to, we, we build up toxins mm-hmm. and we have to figure out ways to detox. Yeah. And for me, it was going in. So uh, Brian, uh, love him because I went in and it was kind of like this, I'm already long gone, you know, and uh-huh, he's like, uh-huh. that's not what this is saying. He's like, let's, let's slow this down. Let's darken it up and go from there and it's a it's a brilliant piece um, mm-hmm. but i have to credit ryan for it he's the guitar player yes I'm assuming yes <laughs> okay yeah and it's it's it is it's really dark and it's it feels heavy right right so whatever he he changed it to it definitely uh, i think conveys what you were feeling at the time yeah at, at least what well, you have to tell me that yeah yeah that's exactly <clears throat> what it was supposed to be so uh, and he he knew you know my family because we would go to the that was kind of what we did we didn't go fishing camping we went to the studio <laughs> and so there's a bunch of pieces where uh, my ex has sung on those she's got a great voice um and so she sang on some of those and you know, I'd bring in, you know, kiddo and stuff like that, and she would play something. Or, so that was what we did. So I think he saw it from a scope that a lot of producers and engineers couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so he he and I, there would be times where it wasn't even a studio session. It was just a therapy session <laughs> where I would go in and he would ask what was going on. And for four hours, we might record for about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But he knew what I was needing at the time. And so... Um, yeah, I can't. I can't quantify what that means. So. Yeah, that's. I, I get it. That's pretty. Pretty cool for him to do that. Yeah. Because you know most producers aren't going to have that kind of time. Right. <laughs> to, right. To, to 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 take somebody's life story in and then turn it into a song. Right. You, you should know what you're doing when you come in, and then he or she uh, shapes it appropriately, but. I think as so he's a co-writer really. Yeah, yeah, and that was how I I always wanted it. I never wanted to just feel like this is just my thing. I'm paying you so do what I say. It's mm-hmm. like I need because I'm not a musician that way. Mm-hmm. And did did you I'm sorry, I cut you off. But no, I'm going to get back to that. Did he did you find him or was he already a friend? No, so um I found him like like we connected in the MySpace era, mm-hmm. and he was just. I had two pages. I had one that was kind of music, and I think he was just throwing out things just to get business coming to his studio. So um, we had been working together at least since two thousand seven or eight, mm-hmm. and this was about a decade later. So we had a good run of time. Um, seeing things and uh, getting to know each other on a much more personal level. So I call him my brother um, without without hesitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like that's why I asked, because it sounds like he captured the essence really well. Um, I when I first met you, I had no idea you sung. <laughs> no idea. Right. And and to be honest, when you hear your your singing voice, 
you know, mm-hmm. and then your mm-hmm. talking voice, <laughs> a little bit different, right? My game show host voice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, uh, we had a local TV station and, I'm sorry, radio station in Pontiac called WPON. And there was a news guy on there. And I don't know how my mother got hooked up with the, the main host, but she knew him. So I was able to go down there. But before that, all this time I'm hearing, I'm Al Wolf. Blah, 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 blah. And then I get down there and start talking to him. He's like, hi, how you doing? Right. <laughs> I was like, Wait a minute. It's a character. Where's Al Wolf? <laughs> right. Right. Who's this guy? And to your point, I have never been told that my voice looks like my pictures. Right. Anytime I meet somebody, they're like, you can see there's that moment. I'm yeah. like, I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, but it, um, yeah, it, it works. It's okay. It all goes well. Yeah. Now your voice and your picture, you know, it all matches because I see where it's coming from. Right, right. I know where it's coming from. So it's so cool, though, on the first meeting. Um, the You said your wife sang, or your ex sang on some of these other songs? She did. I'm not sure if there's anything that's on the Bandcamp page that she sang on. But, I mean, great voice, R&B, uh, very rich um, as far as that goes. And, yeah, I'm not looking at anything. No, she didn't sing on any of those. So, oh the, no! See me now. For the listener, ah, feature. yes, okay. Um, and I, you know, you can even just skip to the end because it's it was a fusion kind of hip hop house housey sort of beat, and then at the end she comes in and just you know saves the song. <laughs> I don't know. Can you skip? I don't know. Can you? So that was her in the hook. Um, but yeah, she sang in the Air Force as well. She would sing at the National Anthem, at NASCAR events, all that good stuff. Really? Yeah. There's time and space. There's time and space. No time and lots of space between <laughs> us. Between us. Cause I've got bigger, better things. And I don't mean objects. You might object, but stop it, drop it. While I speak this topic. Cause we ain't tropic, cool and breezy. All those times you try to freeze me. Ease me out the door. So that's you, huh? That's, yeah, that's me. When I'm on my fly, don't claim you lift me. Did you write that? I did. Yeah, anything that I sing, rap, or um, perform as spoken word is, yeah, is definitely... That's why when people ask, do you play an instrument, I say no, but I ha- my pen is my instrument. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, again, another different sound for you, for me. Right. Because I haven't heard everything you've done. And so I'm discovering this as we're having this interview, <laughs> which is, you know, kind of way I like to do things. Yeah, it's <laughs> organic that way. Yeah. So what made you come up with that one? And were you two still together there? Yes. Uh, that's a, it's kind of a hard picture to see of her in there, but that's her uh, standing next to me. And uh, again, Ryan was a part of that. He produced and put all that together. Yeah, we were still together. And... That was around a time a guy that I was uh, doing music with. We were doing shows, live shows, live hip hop shows at uh, what was it called? The Mason Jar. Oh, I we remember were doing the shows Mason at the Mason Jar. Jar, Big Fish Pub. You know, little spots like that. And come to find out, after all this time, he was using other people's instrumentals for our for our use. And I was in the studio with a lot of these songs, and it was like. You realize I'm spending time on things that we're just going to get copyright, you know, stricken for. So um, it just got into one of those things where it's just like, no, you can't see me now. You know, that's mm. one of those things. Um, and I've always been a true believer. If somebody's not looking at you, 
then just don't let them see you at that mm-hmm. at that point if they're just ignoring you. So um, I would come home with these ideas and she would sit and listen. And then I would say, you know, what can you add to this? And again, she's just got this brilliant voice and the, the bit at the end and things like that. So she did a lot of hooks and I always felt bad because I was kind of handcuffing her talent by just being a hook singer, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a few things that we were working on that she would, uh, it was more full projects. Uh-huh, okay. Let's get the end here. Yeah. And we kind of missed her part. You can't see me now. Now I know why you can't see me now. You can't see me now. Now I know why you can't see me now. <laughs> yeah, she came in and saved that. Um, I wrote, I kind of twisted the Beatles. Um, and I put, uh, instead of, I put, uh, I got a text today, oh boy, you know, instead of how the Beatles wrote it. But she came in and just executed it. And that was fun because that was a time, like, I made that beat. And mm-hmm. so there was a point where I was just shifting out of depending on other people mm-hmm. to make beats. And, you know, hey, my cousin made this or this or that. It's like, once I started doing that, then my writing changed as far as what I was saying because it was marrying into a music that was part of me as well. So... I was utilizing different sounds, different uh, paces, different, you know, things like that. So it really allowed me to kind of grow. So it was a great, uh, it was unfortunate that our friendship ended, uh, the guy and I, but it allowed me to like befriend myself as an mm. artist mm-hmm. and actually be able to say like, I can, I can do both. I can write. And so you were making uh, beats and stuff, you said, what were you using? What? I was using my brother. Well... Going back when I first started showing interest, my sister Dina gave me a, an old four track. Hmm. And so it was just. Cassette? Yes. Yes. Fostex, by uh, any chance? <laughs> I want to say it was like a Yamaha or something like that. Okay. Uh, but so I was just, you know, I was just using tape, tape, tape and recording. Yes. And it was. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would just rap over that, whatever it was. And then my brother gave me. Um, the Sonic Foundry, the ACID programs. Mm-hmm. And that was when the computers, you could start putting discs in and you just get these little, you know, samples of whatever it was. And that was, that carried me probably long after it should have because people were getting into Fruity Loops and all these other, yeah. these other programs. And I was still just sticking to this dinosaur <laughs> of a program and that was what I just I just used it. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go with kind of what I know. It was very comfortable. So yeah. You did say you weren't very techy. I am not. I'm not techy at all. So looking at this stuff right now makes my palms sweat. Just the keyboards. <laughs> I, I know what it is, but oh, man. this is It's beautiful, though. I, I would love to learn more about it. But I think there's something about just knowing that if you can just beat on like a a pail hmm. or you know if you can find things like that so i do try to uh take things from other places so when it rains i put little tins outside when it falls off my roof then it bing mm-hmm. bing, bing bing so i've recorded things like that just mm-hmm. so i can take it and say what can i do with this or how can we recreate it yeah that's uh I, I, that was kind of one of the things i felt like i would get out of you because <laughs> You're 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 just so organic, uh, and and I'm speaking from listening to your vlogs a lot. Mm. I, I listen to your vlogs. I appreciate that. Thank you. And you've got such heartfelt messages to talk about, and most of the time it's very, I want to say organic, but I think it's, I think what I'm trying to say is it's more uh, timely. Mm. more like current affairs kind of stuff because you pay attention to that stuff 
And I like to pay attention to people who pay attention to that stuff because I don't. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, you, I, I've, I've got nuggets out of you that, you know, it's like, really? Wait, hold on. Put the needle back. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Because I don't, I honestly, I don't listen to the news that much. So yeah, I, I feel like you're always right there at ground level. I'm not going to say ground zero. That's overplayed. Yes. You're at ground level and, and your feet are on the dirt. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that you come up with comes from that level. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of, again, the house that I grew up in. My parents were very active. They marched with Dr. King. Um, you know, we've had, we have a great history um, through our family. And so even though it's a completely different pocket, it still translates across other things in life. Hmm. And so when you're putting your, your stamp on something, um, even with music, that it allows that you're speaking from a very real place mm-hmm. um, and things that matter. So even as I've gotten on into uh, poetry and things like that, I'd like to speak on things that matter. Um, right. That I don't, want, I don't want my life or I don't want people to see my life as just filler. Or pop. I'm not going to say that word because I've been using it too much. Um, light. Mm-hmm. Your your stuff is not light. Right, right. <laughs> Unless you're working for some company that wants you to do something light. <clears throat> but if it's coming from you, it seems like it is just deep from deep down in. And you're trying to get something out that you are either concerned about or like you said, the pain, right, or right. or the responsibility of taking care of the the, the kids, mm-hmm. parenting, mm-hmm. I know is really big with you. That's a sticking point. Yeah, it's there's no wiggle room mm-hmm. uh, for it. There's none. But um, I digress. You know, you don't digress. <laughs> it's part of you. Well, because why I'm bringing all of this up is because this is what you just said. It translates into your music. It does, yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm actually leading up to something here. Okay. Unbeknownst to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> this, this next tune feels very... Uh, oh, native, I, I think, is what I'm trying to put out. But let's just hear this one. Okay. Feel good, real good. Feel good, real good, yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of, it's yeah, it's got a polar opposite feel to something like Long Gone. Um, but, you know, after rain, sunshine comes. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of times that's like you need that that duality to be able to say like I can, I don't want to live just in one pocket all the time. So um, that was... Yeah, that was just one of those things. That was a beat that I came across, and I was just like, let me just play with this. And that's just what came from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, and I think there was probably no pointed thing to say, I'm going to write about feeling good. Were but, you feeling good at the time? Is that why that came out? Yeah. What, what, yeah. what did you come out of, that, if it, you can remember? It was all around that same time where just writing my my own stuff creating my own music felt really good mm-hmm. um it wasn't um any one thing in particular i always feel good in life and i think that we should even when we go through the bad things mm-hmm. um there's a lesson in it and there's growth in it and it's just like going to the gym you put heavier weight because the resistance is how you grow and you learn about what you are capable of of sustaining or or growing through so um, once you get to that point, then it's just like, yeah, let's let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there, there really wasn't anything particular about that. But I just knew that 
I could write I can write other things. I don't know why I have that um, Harry Belafonte Islander sort of feel <laughs> voice to it, but it just came through it with it. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, well, that's that's what I mean. You you you're very in the moment. Yeah, that's what the moment was to you at the time. Yeah, um, um, and that one's very catchy. I mean, thank that, you. That tune's very catchy. <laughs> And you listen to it enough uh, once, and then I, I know when I, f- I remember when I first heard it, I was listening to it, and then I realized later that day <laughs> I'm still kind of <laughs> going over it in my head. It's like, wow, that's pretty darn catchy. So I, I just really like how you write stuff. Thank it, you. It comes from, it comes from somewhere. You're never definitely doing anything to be commercial. No. Um, and that's kind of the strange part about that is that it does have a catchy appeal to it, mm-hmm. but I've never tried to write catchy things. Right. Um, but just the fact that it kind of did, it was like, oh, you know, that's cool. And I think everybody should have that not only experience as the artist, but the exposure as the listener to say, okay, I can actually follow along with something that he's putting. It's not just brooding uh, yeah. brooding music <laughs> yeah it, it, it's pretty cool i like i like where that stuff comes from you pulled that one out i appreciate that <laughs> i hadn't heard that one for a while <laughs> where shall we go from here uh, what do we have long on the shine uh boy because woman and wine a uh, thug is kind of like a bluesy one and i'm just talking about how we get stereotyped into certain things and there's so many different representations of what a thug can be. Uh-huh. Um, pants sagging is way less dangerous than <laughs> manicured hands and politicians in suits. Right. Um, so we have different versions, but we just call them different things. Right. And again, this yeah. is Ryan. Yeah. can read it in their eyes before they fix their lips to say he's a thug why is he walking like that he's a thug and why is he talking like that and i don't understand and i don't want to know i get all my info for the news tells me so so i'm a thug <laughs> rose-covered lenses I'm a thug They got them seeing all red <laughs> Which ironically gives them the blues It's so many This is gang color talk, y'all It's mighty dangerous <laughs> You see what I mean? I mean, that's just This is This is Y'all can find him on Bandcamp, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we're going to get to that at the end. We always do where people can find you. But just telling you, we're just going through his list of stuff on Bandcamp. And uh, I'm looking at the titles and I'm going, well, okay, what's this? Uh, what's this? Right, and, right. And what's this? You've got some very... It makes me wonder, what are, what were you thinking when you, when you did that one? <laughs> it just comes down to, like... You... I don't know. There's a point where you just want to push back against a stereotype. Mm. And I like I rant on stuff all the time because it's just what I do. So when we say just for instance, when we call Crips and Bloods gangs, Mm -hmm. but then we call the Hells Angels a motorcycle club. Mm -hmm. It's not a club. It's they're doing the same things. The mafia. It's a gang like but we separate them and then we assign them certain respects. We glorify some things and look at it like, wow, that must have been great. But for people still doing the same things, just at a different level, why do we call it different things? So that was kind of the whole point. So it's kind of like a um, tongue-in-cheek, not quite a middle finger, but mm-hmm. just like I'm, I'm just being a little facetious, but I mean it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that was the whole point of that was just that thugs, you know, there's a part where it talks about just... You know, it can be, you know, top rockers, you know, hoods, painted flags, you know, all of these things. So 
um i just get yeah i get into like either a mood or a state of mind and i'm like this is what i'm gonna write against it's what i'm gonna rail against this time yeah and that's cool i mean i get i've i've done a couple of things recently uh, that i just had to write about when we had uh, the um pandemic mm -hmm. and people were pushing back on masking up so i wrote mask up arizona right I mean, and i haven't i hadn't written a lyric in my life <laughs> but that popped out and i was angry yes i was actually angry so i i i recorded it once and i oh who did i let hear that uh oh my producer friend in new york i, I let him hear it and he said that that's good, but it sounds like you're trying to be quiet. And when I thought mm. about it, I recorded it at night. They were all here and asleep, uh, and I was trying to be quiet. Right, right. He said, it sounds like you're trying to be quiet. And then I, so I took it back and go on, went in there in my isolation booth, <laughs> and uh, uh, I got loud and I got angry. And he says, that's better. That's better. And that's the energy you need to have. Yeah. Um, that was such a trying time um, yeah. for just to have the pushback that some people just thought it was their right to not expose other people to something, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah. that's exactly what I was saying. It's like, I'm not wearing this for me. I'm wearing this for, to protect you. Right. Right. So right. please do the same. Yes, common courtesy. Common Human courtesy. Decency. Yes, <laughs> the stuff you and I understand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get it. Coming from a point of uh, of concern, I would say. Mm. Yes. Uh, but I play flute, so and you know when, when I write my stuff, it, it's not the same as when you're writing lyrics. That's okay. We're we're still going to collab. Um, mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Where did you where Where are you getting your poetry from these days? What's causing um, concern? Uh, I'll say. There just was a point where I was waking up and lyrics were running through my head, and so I just started. I'd keep my phone next to me and I would just start talking into the phone, mm -hmm. and I would send myself these long text messages. Mm -hmm. And then I started structuring it. Um, some of the things have some structure, some of them don't. Uh, but that was where that started. And then, again, uh, you know, I've gone on about fatherhood. I've gone on, um, I think the one that most people respond to is called Stand Proudly. And it's about, not even about him, but just the sentiment that when the last administration was in office. Mm -hmm. And we were going through the whole thing with the kneeling and the games and all that. There was mm -hmm. an interview where he was standing there and he was, you know, in a very just arrogant way, just saying, you know, you have to stand proudly, you know, and if you don't, maybe you shouldn't be here. And, that, and as quick as I could, my hand just <laughs> never moved so fast. I'd never written with such purpose. Um, and yeah, that... Um, it was just that. And so a lot of the times the pieces now with spoken word are based off of the same thing. But I just got to a point where it's like, I'm not a strong singer. And I always liked Johnny Cash, probably subconsciously from a childhood, but I never felt like he was pitch perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted. I wanted to not be pitch perfect. And, you know, when people say things like that, I would always say, then get a Brian McKnight album. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with being pitch perfect. If you're gifted right. that way, be that. And some people aren't, and they still do it in the studio. Exactly. And there was parts of that that I didn't even want corrected, unless it was really, really off. But, um, yeah, there's not a song where you're going to say from top to bottom, like, wow, he really nailed that. Mm -hmm. So with spoken word, you're a little freer. You're not bound by music. You're not bound by melody, cadence, things like that. You can just kind of riff, and I can put the breaks, pauses, anything else that I want in. But in a lot of ways, I still feel that it's musical. Mm -hmm. um, have you recorded any of this stuff? I did. I have uh, Stand Proudly is actually on the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, it's the one, yeah, it's the one thing that I think I've posted and everything else I've just kind of, I don't know, I just keep it to myself or if I perform it live, then I, I'll perform that live. But 
Um, I haven't gone to the extents of doing too much as far as recording. Ryan and I did do a couple things with um, one piece called Nappy. And we took the music from uh, Sarah Bande uh, from Handel. Mm-hmm. And I love that song. I love that song. <laughs> and so we used it against that. It was the backdrop to this piece. But as I realized, it's like, okay, I, as much as I love it, I feel like Nappy speaking to our roots, our heritage, as in our follicles, our hair heritage. Mm-hmm. I should have used something that was probably more indicative of motherland feel. So I don't mind, you know, going back and saying I could use the kalimba or, you know, some other instrumentation mm-hmm. that's going to reflect that a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you now you're making me <laughs> go a different place here. You just mentioned cadence and all of this good stuff and the kalimba and and you know that the kalimba generates that type of sound and feeling. Mm-hmm. Where are you getting that from? Are you educated? A little bit. Um, <laughs> it's the things that I just pick up. You know, I'm not a good student, but I will study one thing, you know, pretty thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the acid... Uh, a program, it would have all of these Middle Eastern, you know, all of these different sounds. Mm-hmm. And so when hip hop got to the point where they started using those, they were about four years behind me. Uh-huh. But at the time when I was trying to do these things, none of my friends would mess with it mm-hmm. because it was like, what is that? What do you, uh, why does it sound like Middle Eastern music or things like that? It's like, because we're, we live in the world. Why aren't we using world music? Why are we all using the same samples, the same sounds? And so uh, I really liked taking things that had a different sound. Uh, didgeridoo, you know, that mm, you can just yeah. yeah, and just put it in, in behind. It could be your subwoofer. It'll, uh-huh. it'll hum if you let it. So <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah, it's all those really cool things. I just like taking different things and trying to see how can we, how can we fit this together? And that's that's one of the things about your music that people are going to find different because you're not, first of all, trying to hit, you know, the 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 twelve million dollar Grammy winning platinum album. Right. Right. Commercialized, radio friendly kind of music. You're writing what you feel and what what you hear. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Usually to convey a message, I'm going to go out on a limb and say. Absolutely. So your kind of music is something that someone who's, I would say, more like an activist type of person would like. Yes. Um, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because if you go back to the days of all the activist songs, you know, Gil Scott Heron. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say he's the best vocal person out there either but his music is so poignant that you can't help but to feel what he's feeling and you get the message he's trying to convey Mm -hmm. so i I think along those things chicago if you go back to their earlier music man those guys are talking they are rebellious (laughs) they're talking about the war they don't want to go to uh, blood, sweat, and tears, kind of the same thing. And then, of course, you've got, uh, oh, is it Bonnie Raitt? Or was it? No, that's not who I'm thinking of. Oh, there's a lot, anyway. There's a lot of artists back in those days. Right. And you're in this day. Right, right. You're the same person that they were then. Because we need people like that. Right. We, we, Enough we people are... are uh, just going along in life, mm-hmm. being told what to do. Yeah, right, right. And we need people to speak up and and write this stuff from what they're seeing, even if it's just their viewpoint. Whether you agree with it or not, it doesn't matter. It's being said, and that's the beauty of, of being able to speak out in this country to, and not feel like you're going to get retribution. That's right. Yeah, we can't be afraid to use 1A. Everybody's so brave at using 2A, but 1A is the truest lethal weapon you have if you use it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I 
I definitely do try to speak to um, people. Um, I, I don't care what your walk is. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be able to hit, you know, and maybe resonate and wake something up. And not woke something up, actually awake, mm, uh, yeah. actually be awakened. Um, and the only difference about it being radio friendly now is as I grew as a parent, I want things that my daughters can listen to. Mm-hmm. I want things that other people's kids can listen to and it not come with the, uh, you know, or the, mm-hmm. or the you know, what yeah, exactly. Yeah, the reverse scratch. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of pieces that. Yeah, it was just like, and, and it's a challenge. It's a challenge to write at the beginning, and then when you just don't do it, it's just who you are at that point. And so now I enjoy being able to have material or content that I can speak to or do or put out for people that you don't have to worry or wonder, is this going to... Some people are going to be offended about everything, mm. but not in a sense of words that you probably shouldn't say or things right. like that. So that's where I kind of elevated myself and you just grow and it's just like, yeah, I don't I don't want my kids to see that this is my discography and mm. that was all that he was about. So And I, I just and I think that those particular words, I'll call them George Carl George Carl Yes Car- yeah. George, George Carlin's Carlin. Seven bad habits, seven bad words, words you can't use on TV or something like that. Right. Which these days I'm not even sure if that's true. But my point when I think about stuff like that is if you have to use those words, maybe you should read a little more. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) You know, if you can't get your point across without saying those words, because there's other words you can say, and it will strongly get the point across. That's, it just yes. won't sound like you're a thug. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, if you can expand your expand your vocabulary, your, your vocabulary um, there's nothing like the power of just words. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes where you just... I'll, I'll find a word, and Eminem did this. He read the dictionary. And mm-hmm. I thought, how awesome is that? Because I used to read the dictionary. Mm-hmm. And you just find a word and you just say, this is what I'm going to use. This is how I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to put this into a conversation with somebody. And um, that would be something that I still try to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, or now I'm using phrases like a Gordian knot or, you know, a Pyrrhic victory, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. I don't know. There's just something... It's poetic, it's musical, and it's uh, it's important to still know those things. And not only that, but if you say it and somebody doesn't know it, anyone who's interested enough to ask will learn something. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> you know, I'm not afraid to say, what was that? I don't even know what that big word means. What is that? <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a lot of the times why we put them out there. Yeah. I know I don't want to do it to say I know more than you. But ask me what it means. And so there's our teachable moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do that with T-shirts as well. One of my favorite shirts is Robert Smalls. And people always think that, you know, they're like, is that you or is that like a family member? And so, no, like, look up Robert Smalls. And so, mm-hmm. um, but I know it gets away from music. But again, it's all in, in education. Right. Um, and it's this, it's part of our soundtrack. And I've noticed sometimes this podcast does drift away from music sometimes. So, uh <laughs> It, it, it drifts away, but when you think about it, you know, that's the substance that your music has right. and where your substance comes from. Right, right. So I can bring it right back into music. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. <laughs> uh, I want to go over, I'm going to pick from your list. I'm going to okay. pick one more song. Okay. And we're going to figure out why. Okay. The why's, the why's. Why? Why? Where did that come from? I'm just going to pick one. Uh, let me get back in the mic. I'm just going to pick one that the title intrigues Off of the me. title alone. Yep. Okay. Off the title alone. Hmm. Okay. Ain't no good. This is okay. And that's, do you want to explain it first? Um, this ain't no good. Um, this was very early on what I was, uh, when I was getting into my own stuff. So this is again, 
what I was doing on my own as far as building the the tracks and things like that, but the writing became free. And so this was where I was really trying to experiment and getting into a pocket of not just rapping, but being more of a complete artist. So this is a little bit of singing. Um, I don't know. I feel like the singing, yeah, it, it's, again, it's not great, but I love it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, hopefully people enjoy it. So who are you talking about, about? Activism, right? I know. <laughs> um, yeah, that that goes way back, and I think it's just one of those things. Like it's one of those songs we should be united over, uh, because there's always things that are trying to kill us. So there's a bit where I talk about looking up in the sky, and it's more like an environmental thing. So mm-hmm. it's not a it's not to divide us. Um, but it's to unite us. That's always that's always my intent. I think sometimes people will look at the messenger and then they'll then they'll take the message for what they want based mm-hmm. off of who delivers it. Right. And so then it can turn into, well, what about the rest of us? And it's like you're you're included in that. So yeah, there was just bits of that where it talks about um I believe it was more like the pollution and things like that. So it's killing us all. And that ain't no good. And that ain't no good. Right. I, but I noticed that Ryan went with a, a a kind of a bluesy upbeat for that. Was that your idea? Or? No, that I actually created that track. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So I took that to the studio, and that was a little bit before. There was still a point where he was just producing what I brought in. And one day we, were just, we, we had talked enough, and it was just like... I was always hesitant to ask him, "Would you? Would you do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, would you do these things?" And the second he did, the second I did, it was just like, absolutely, mm-hmm. and that was the takeoff. So that was still a little bit of what um, was the leftovers from what I was still doing myself. But I just thought, I know he's he, he has the ear for this, he has the heart for this, and that was uh, that was just yeah, that was a, the beginning of a great. Uh, companionship as far as the music goes and he was uh he's he's a metal guy mm. and so he couldn't tell from that no um, <laughs> i mean he <laughs> he he's self-taught guitar like i can't i could i can't brag on him enough i i would all day but um he uh has a band where they have a following in germany they records you know they put out some stuff and the music that he puts out as far as his own band it's I the thing that I liken it to is like think of every vampire slayer sort of rainy night fight song. It's just like heavy, but it goes fast and it's just it gives you this this drive and it's like this is outstanding mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his following I think is more in Europe where that's that's an embraced um, sort of genre as well. Yeah, yeah. And so is jazz over there. But I think yes. I'm starting to think everything is embraced musically over there more Agreed. <laughs> when it comes to variety. And, and like you said, world kind of music. Um, so, And this is one of the reasons I wanted to play play your stuff and go through it. Because I appreciate you giving it exposure. It, it needs the exposure because, and by the way, everything I played, I'm going to buy. So You've bought it. I've seen, I, didn't, you, I bought couple of them but okay I didn't, I didn't buy the ones i just played i'm gonna buy them okay because it, it. it's a buck 
or higher. <laughs> right. So right. I, I don't usually do the minimum. So uh, I just want to, these are all on Bandcamp, basically, is what I'm saying, and they're available. Thank so you. if you like something out there, folks, buy it, because it's, it's worth paying what's out there on the price, because uh, it's actually worth more than that. Because if you think about the conversation we just have had, mm-hmm. <clears throat> your value to to these songs comes from the fact that it's nothing that is uh, not well thought out mm. or inspired by something that just really got underneath your skin the time you wrote it. Right, right. So it's not, it, it's just not commercial stuff. So, you know, buy it. <laughs> appreciate the it's plug, good stuff I guess. Um, and with that I just want to say that I think I think I found everything I wanted to hear from you because I know being the, the type of person I've been listening to on the vlog and, mm. and mixed in with your music and your photography uh, you haven't. We haven't even gone over that yet. Some of the images you have created are just stunning. Thank you. Um, and to look at you, like say right now, you're dressed really <laughs> nicely, and ooh, I like those shoes. Thank you. Just notice that. But anyway, um, but when you uncover, it's like, oh, this man works out, <laughs> <laughs> like. As in personal trainer type of workout, he doesn't mess around. He flips tractor tires and stuff. And uh, is that for fun? Or is that just- it is. It, it is for fun. Um, I kind of, I've been doing it for so long that I always tell people if I don't do something active every day, my day doesn't feel complete. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's just more challenge. What mm. can we put in front of ourselves? We should challenge ourselves daily. And just say, what can I do to have a new realization of what I am possible of of completing or or obtaining? And when we have, uh, I always again tell people like, don't feel, don't fear failure. Fail is an acronym. First attempt in learning. Mm. And so, if we understand Nugget. what that means, yeah, <laughs> um, then we can we can move forward and say. I wasn't supposed to get it right the first time mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of times if you do that, you set yourself to self up to feel like that's always the, the obtainable marker. And that's not, that's not always true. Right. Wow. See another nugget right there and watch me point this right back to music. If you're out there thinking about writing a, t- a song or whatever you want to do, learn an instrument. I'm taking piano lessons at the ripe old age of something that I'm not going to say. And, um, <laughs> right. F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning. Yes. Another nugget. Yeah. Fail. Yeah. If if you're not failing, you're not trying. Right. Try the real you. Try the real you. So what is the real you when you're talking about trying something? Because a lot of times people will guide you outside. Hey, smoke this or try to drink this. Mm. Is this the real me? Is that Mm. the real you? No, it's not. But we don't want to take ourselves away from it by saying maybe trying a spicy food or bungee jumping. Is that the real you? So you find the real you by trying. Mm, wow. Another nugget. These are all, I'm, I'm working on a book of acronyms. Sorry. Nice. I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, Vincent, it's been such a wonderful time talking with you today. This is an honor. I just love listening to you come up with these golden nuggets and, um, I hope I portrayed in this podcast where your music comes from. Mm -hmm. Uh, And another thing that you do is the fact that you have to work at being a good person. It just doesn't happen. You got to work at it. Agreed. And I see that in you as the personification of working to be a good person all the way around, physically, mentally, everything. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, yeah. mind, body, and soul. We should strive for total health in all these areas. Um, But you've done me more than justice, uh, not just in this moment, but for the entirety of me knowing you. Mm -hmm. And that's that's an honor. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate that, too, from you. So thanks for joining us today on this week's episode of Music the Bed of Life. 
I'll have everything in the description of where you can find Vincent's music and his podcasts, his vlogs, everything that he's got out there. I'll put it in the description. If there's anything you want to say in particular to end this off, the floor is yours. Uh, as I always close things out, peace, love, unity, solidarity. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. For more information about this show and past episodes, go to www.musicthebedoflife.com. Please like, share, and subscribe to stay informed of new episodes. Join your host, Anthony V. Simiel, on the next quest to discover how music plays such an important part of our lives and the many individuals responsible for making it happen. Mm-hmm.